Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We're joined, as always, with our super producer, Alexis, codenamed Doc Holiday Jackson. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. It's our favorite time of the year, folks. Uh, we hope that this show finds you well amid grand and perhaps creepy adventure as we barrel forward into the future toward Halloween. Today, we are sharing a number of stories uh, that we feel are both amusing, important, and as always, uh, increasingly relevant. And they come from the best part of the show, which is your fellow conspiracy realist. Matt, Noel, uh, I'd like to kick us off today, if it's okay with you guys. How are we yes, feeling? Sorry. Sounds All good. Right. Okay. So, bit of background here. Uh, before we get into some of this correspondence, as you as you may or may not know, uh, our team does this uh, does this on a professional level. Like it is weirdly enough, through a series of amazing 
coincidences, coinkadinks, we have we have ended up working in podcast production, all of us, for a number of years. And this means that we are, in a way, part of the entertainment industry. Now, make no mistakes, folks. We're not we're not bragging. We're not big deals. Who's like the biggest deal in entertainment and like film and TV? Who's like the, the when you think of big deal, who do you think of? Is like J.J. Abrams, like Lorne Michaels or um, Oprah Winfrey? Would that count? I think I of know. the lion from the Metro Goldwyn Mayer opening title. Oh, yeah. 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 He's a big deal. He really, he, he knows it too. Nobody's <laughs> bigger does. than Adam He's Sandler. No one is bigger than Adam Sandler, except perhaps the characters he plays, such as the lunch lady. Uh, he's a man of a million voices. <laughs> so I don't know, man. I think he, only, he does about two. He just, he just kind of uses I did, them I, different. Yeah, I didn't say a million different voices. Okay, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. <laughs> I, I, I will say I would watch a, uh, a whole movie about the lunch lady. That would be uh, a delight. <laughs> yes, you say that now. Uh, so we have... For our first piece of listener correspondence, we're actually going to uh, synthesize and summarize the excellent letters, excellent and thorough letters we received from two people working in the entertainment industry. Uh, When we say entertainment industry, we're specifically talking about film, uh, TV, streaming, that kind of stuff. The stuff that everybody ran to amid the pandemic to escape the, uh, <laughs> the at times, emotionally penurious existence of a forced hermitage. So our first letter arrives to us from the Duchess of Shoulderfade. Shoulderfade oh. is all one word. I like that nickname. Is that a type uh, of hairdo? Shoulderfade? You know, no. Unclear with a code name. Unclear. The significance of the code name is unclear, but surely the Duchess will write back to us uh, with an explanation if uh, they see you so fit. So here we go. The Duchess writes from within the bowels of this industry and says, in part, quote, as we speak, Hollywood Fat Cat Studio Executives. Uh, known by the abbreviation AMPTP, are actively trying to continue their exploitation of thousands of hardworking and highly trained artists who they abuse every single day. The public, who actively consumes the fruits of our body and mind-depleting labors, needs to be aware of how and at what cost their entertainment sausage is made. If anyone is against unfair and unhealthy labor practices and conditions, then they must support the IATSE crew members that are literally dying making content so you can quote Netflix and chill. So the the AMPTP that the Duchess is referring here to is something called the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. And IATSE is a union. Uh, it stands for International Alliance of Theater and Stage Employees. And as the Duchess explains, it represents All of the people that work in theater and film and TV production that are considered below the line, below the line is an important distinction. This is, uh, in a way, it's, it's almost everybody on the other side of the camera. All of the people who are making this vision, this story, this experience possible. IATSE 
the Duchess says, does not represent actors, directors, assistant directors, producers, or production assistants, who PAs, by the way, probably get the the fuzziest end of the figurative lollipop here. This division, this line that people refer to, uh, means that people above the line, those actors, writers, directors, producers, tend to be paid better. They tend to be treated better. They tend to have superior working conditions. As the Duchess explains, their information specifically pertains to the 13 West Coast locals. They make up the motion picture and television department of IATSE. They represent cinematographers, art directors, prop makers, makeup artists, costume designers, editors, script supervisors, and many more. So here's what's going on. There is a strike brewing. It's been brewing for some time. Uh, and this is information that is not going to be new to our many fellow listeners who work in this industry. The people in the union, and the Duchess says, of course don't want to go on strike, but they're literally fighting for their lives and asking not for an opulent, but only for a sustainable standard of living. Uh, they recommend checking out the Instagram page IA underscore stories. If you would like to learn more about specific individuals' experiences, shared anonymously, of course, for fear of reprisal from the industry. And the Duchess goes on specifically to name a couple of things we'd like to share with you, the things that Yahtzee is striving to make reality. And when you hear these, if you're not familiar with the industry, it will probably surprise you, like the stuff that these folks are fighting for will will seem it'll give you a cold shower of a perspective first the idea of daily turnaround which means all union members all locals get a 10-hour guaranteed minimum before they have a turnaround secondly they want to stop working uh mission creep into working on the weekends they want weekend turnaround the industry term for this is fraterday As you can imagine, that means a Friday shoot that eventually ends up being, in actuality, a Saturday shoot. They also don't want to continue the practice of what's called rolling lunches. A rolling lunch is where filming never stops. Crew members rotate themselves out for a break. And uh, the Duchess says that the problem with this is that in realistic terms, there's often not enough uh, crew to rotate out because everybody has a specific job. It's not like everyone can do every job. Someone may be a world-class cinematographer, but they don't know the first thing about hair and makeup, and they shouldn't have to. Ben, just a quick question, just to clarify. So turnaround just refers to literally the time in between shifts. Like, yes. Otherwise, it becomes like a double shift, like that Fratterday thing you're talking about, right? Correct. And the problem is exacerbated when you have someone who, say, works one of those infamous Fraterdays and then has very little turnaround time before they have to be back on set. And keep in mind, you know, a lot of these a lot of these professionals have to be on location way before filming actually occurs. There is a ton of work, hours and hours and hours of work that goes into a shoot before The rest, like the on-camera folks arrive. Uh, Also, they want a living wage for the lowest paid IATSE members, some of whom barely make above minimum wage or considered on-call 
which means they work however many hours it takes, and they only get paid the same amount every week. Then they also want overall wage increases, better funding for health and pension plans, and here's the big one. Improvements to what are called new media wages and conditions. I'm going to read this part in full. So back six years ago, says the Duchess, when streaming was new and people were waking web series, IATSE added a side agreement to the basic agreement that allowed what was at the time called new media, that's your Netflix, your Amazon, your Hulu, uh, Crackle back in the day, uh, to have special contracts that essentially gave them a price break. This was a new form of production. No one understood it at the time. IATSE agreed to work for less money in order to help the new platform make content and be successful. The term new media is obsolete now. It's streaming. It's no longer new. Amazon, Netflix, Peacock, Disney, HBO, they're all studios who stream their content, and they are not struggling new media platforms. IATSE wishes to modify these contracts. Many of them have very low rates that exploit those below-the-line workers. Streaming media has just as huge budget as regular network TV, even larger in some cases. They should no longer be able to pay those measly new media rates. They're making millions off streaming, yet want to continue getting these breaks. Well, now everything's streaming. I mean, Warner Brothers is streaming every single movie on their slate for the year in addition to putting it out in theaters because of COVID. So, I mean, that is the very definition of an industry exploiting essentially a loophole or, or a term that would like they're talking about web series like that were just put out on YouTube independently. That's literally so that people making those could afford to hire union crew. And now mm-hmm. these big massive companies are totally exploiting that whole term. That is a, that right. is painfully um, uh, exploitive. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it's also, you know, it, it reminds me of the old observation that is unfortunately so often true. Power is rarely given, must often be taken. So the Duchess goes on, and we are we are summarizing some of this, but uh, goes on to explain real-world consequences of people who are laboring under these conditions. Even before COVID, of course, it's normal to have these long, long work hours going into a shoot at 7 a.m. on a Friday, getting off at 3 a.m. on Saturday the next day. Uh, The Duchess notes crew members are dying when they're driving home after working 15, 16, 17-hour shifts with minimal sleep. And this clearly has an impact on people's quality of life, their relationships outside of the job. Uh, This is an unsustainable situation. Duchess, I want to thank you for this thorough and objective look at the problems that are occurring, what's leading to this strike. And I I believe uh, we were in conversations off air. Uh, The union's vote on the strike occurs between October 1st and October 3rd. So you're going to be hearing this after the voting has occurred. Duchess ends with saying, I just want the folks that consume and enjoy what we make to hear our stories and to let the studios, which are literally owned by giant tech companies now, know they stand with IATSE. We're not Hollywood elite, the Duchess says. We're hardworking craft people that are literally dying making sitcoms. I'm not sure how listeners can help other than by canceling their streaming memberships, commenting against AMPTP on articles about the situation, or maybe calling out studios on social media. So this is... 
Matt, no, let's uh, just a quick pause before we continue. This is something I think that that we at all we and Doc and and uh, Mission Control had heard about brewing because Atlanta is a bit of an up and coming town for film and TV production. Would you agree? I mean, I wouldn't even call it up and coming anymore. It's sort of the place, you know. Yollywood. I mean, they they built uh, Pinewood Studios, where they shot all the original like, James Bond movies in London or in England, uh, in the UK. And they the second only only second ever Pinewood Studios is here in Atlanta, where they shoot like all the Marvel mu- movies. I mean, it's become like home base. So yeah, we all know people who or have dated people perhaps, or are good dear friends with people who have been subjected to these kind of conditions for. for for years, um, you both, I believe, met the girl I, I dated for a while, who was an assistant director, continues to be, um, and it was hard to find time with her, <laughs> like to even hang. Our schedules were so weirdly misaligned, and a lot of it was because of these turnarounds where they, it, they were non-existent. It felt like the rules just didn't apply, you know. Um, even with the help of a, of a union, uh, it just seems like the, the cards are definitely stacked against against these folks in a lot of ways, especially, like you said, Ben, the people who um, need maybe the most help, uh, who are making the least amount of money. I mean, she thankfully was in a pretty pretty uh, fancy position. You know, that sets up the up the, the ladder quite a bit. Uh, and maybe those people are like, okay, all right, it's worth it. I'll, I'll deal with that. You know, and then they take all their vacation in one big go. But for folks that are just trying to get their foot in the door, I mean, it, they're absolutely being taken advantage of. Yeah, I think comparing Atlanta and LA is very helpful here, but it's also just a something that is happening in every major city on the planet right now. The cost of living is going up, but the raises, the standard raises that are being seen across the board come nowhere close to meeting the necessary amount of money increase just to live in a city. So, you Ooh. know, thankfully there is this entity that is fighting back or on behalf of you know, the IATSE uh, members, it's just, it, it stinks to think that not everybody has something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. And this, this is interesting too, that you say this Matt, because um, multiple studies have found that if, if minimum wage did rise in step with productivity for the past few decades, since like 1968, the minimum wage would be over $24 or over $25 today. It just hasn't, uh, it hasn't risen. Wages have in a very real way stagnated. And we, uh, we want to give, before we open up the whole conversation here, we want to give a shout out to uh, one person we can mention by name, Agamemnon. Your name is awesome. Thank you for writing in. Agamemnon is a retired IATSE 695 production sound mixer, worked for almost 50 years in the industry, also wanted to bring the uh, stewing strike to uh, our attention and more importantly, fellow conspiracy realists to your attention. Uh, for Agamemnon's part, says that the strike is on the way because or the the strike became a possibility because that production group AMPTP was stonewalling ignoring the request of IATSE uh, and this ultimately like you said Matt this is what these kinds of organizations are explicitly designed to do to give collective bargaining power to uh, give voice to people who are often voiceless or ignored With that in mind, I suggest that we talk just a little bit more about what 
exactly is going on with the IATSE, what the what the future of this will be, what the context should be. And, you know, Noel, as you said, yeah, we do know a lot of people who work in production in one capacity or another. You know, these are, in fact, in Atlanta, it would be, I posit at this point, somewhat unusual not to know, at least tangentially, a couple of people. And our big question here is, what does this mean for the future? Again, we are operating under what uh, more stuffy folks might call information asymmetry, which means right now, if you're listening to this when it comes out, you know some things that we do not know yet. You probably know how the vote went whether or not a strike did come to pass. Uh, You probably know whatever new volleys of the information war on social media were made in the intervening time between when we recorded this and when we published it. But one thing that we can say for certain is that even if a strike does not come to pass, the situation appears largely unsustainable. And I, I think we can't forget what a terrible situation people were already put in when production shut down during the pandemic, right? Yeah, just having absolutely no work. Well, and it makes sense then that they're digging their heels in, you know, while on one out of one side of their mouth, they're expressing solidarity, you know, with their the amazing people that make the magic happen and all of that. Uh, and, and so happy that we're all back to work and we're all thinking of, we're thinking of you and all of this and have done everything we can to make it safe for you to come back to work. Uh, but out of the other side of their mouth, they're absolutely uh, capitalizing on the fact that a lot of people are like, well, at least I have a job. At least we're back to work. And if you don't nip that in the bud right away, that's just going to become the status quo forever. You know, um, there's no question about it. I mean, it's sort of the equivalent of, of maybe not uh, giving certain benefits back after the pandemic. It's like, oh, well, we're just we're we're in the same boat as you. You know, production was slowed and all of that. So we we're, we're waiting to see when, when things come back to normal. But I mean, things are pretty much back to normal, at least in terms of like production and, and new content. And we know nobody's going to stop making content. So why not just sort it all out and make sure everyone's like on the same page? But do you guys I don't know. I'm saying this, but and just to look at both sides. Do you think there's any validity to this notion that, well, the grosses are still way down and, you know, fewer movies are going to be coming out um, and everything is now streaming first as opposed to like when we could depend on big opening weekends? What now constitutes a big opening weekend after COVID is far, far, far less than what would have constituted a successful opening weekend before COVID. And again, these are problems that have been brewing way before, Mm -hmm. but I'm just wondering if maybe the timing, you know, has something to do with uh, COVID and if there is somewhere to meet in the middle between the two parties. Yeah, this leads to one of the um, some of the closing points I wanted to make it right now as the situation stands. Uh, you are correct and uh, in that the production side of this, their, their argument uh, from the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers is that the overall industry is still very much in recovery from COVID. They also uh, they also state that they had offered uh, the union a plan for better wages, longer rest periods, and more funding for pension and health plans. Uh, but uh, the thing is, people like the communications director for Yahtzee, uh, Jonas Loeb, speaking with NPR, 
don't agree that AMPTP ever did that. The thing is, you, you know, you could say, oh, there's some sort of like um, exaggeration or emotional manipulation. But yes, the truth of the matter is people are being overworked and they are driving in dangerous conditions. Those are not fictitious stories. It's not like that Hill and Knowlton testimony that led to the Gulf War. This is a story about things that actually happened. Woo, I walked down the street to throw that shade, but I hope it landed. <laughs> One more thing. I know we're, we're going long on this, but it's just really important to a lot of people who have asked us to share this story. Uh, our own codename Doc Holiday has pointed out for anybody who wants to learn more, wants to take action. If you want to learn more, do check out the Instagram page. IA underscore stories is created by a industry lighting technician named Ben Gottlieb. Uh, And you can read a lot of accounts of the, of the consequences of the situation. But this is what doc pointed out. You can do more than just cancel a streaming service if you would like. Um, per the Duchess's suggestion, there is also a petition making the rounds. All you have to do is, I, I think it's as simple as just searching your internet browser choice for IATSE petition, I-A-T-S-E, uh, and you don't have to be in the union to sign this petition. It's just a public show of support. And of course, as we mentioned in our earlier strange news this week, there is there is an open question regarding the actual effectiveness of petitions. Noel, I think it was you who raised that point when Matt was telling us a little bit about proposed deep sea mining. Yeah, I wasn't meaning to be cynical, but I I appreciate the solidarity that allows folks to express. But I just don't know that I've ever seen a petition alone cause, you know, a, a giant, powerful entity to, to make a change unless it benefited them. Right. And there, there we see, you know, of course there's still questions about petitions. Uh, the use of petitions itself may be uh, an interesting twist for a future episode, spoiler alert. But for now, this is the information we have. There is much, much more out there. If you're interested, we encourage you as always to learn more. If you are hearing this and you yourself work in the industry, we would also like to hear your stories. We would like to hear your opinions. Uh, And honestly, at this point, if you're listening now uh, and, and you've got some of that time off, then turn it off. Go hang out with your family. Don't don't feel like you have to hang out with us. Uh, Please rest up. Please be safe. But if you do want to contact us, as always, 1-833-STD-WYTK, conspiracydieheartradio.com. We're going to pause, take a little break ourselves for a word from our sponsors, and we will be back with more news from you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. 
With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Hello, welcome back. I was going to play this voicemail, but unfortunately, the audio broke up a little bit. It comes from someone named Matt. This person uh, mentioned to us just a really interesting question that I had never really pondered before. Why on earth would any unidentified aerial phenomena have lights? What is the purpose of a light for a spacefaring craft that can perhaps travel across galaxies? Uh, why would they need actual visible spectrum lights on their craft? Go. <laughs> for landing. Same reason airplanes need them. Airplanes don't need them to see. They need them for visibility from other craft or, yeah, but, for, you know, to, to communicate, perhaps. It's like but, how wearing the mask is supposed to protect other people. From an infection, okay. not protect you. Got you. Okay, you know, I see that. Like, the the point it took me down was that well, if this craft has sufficient technology to traverse those vast distances, wouldn't they have some kind of technology to detect when there are other things in range of them? Where exactly in space those things are? Where it is in sure. relation 
to a planet, let's say, that is going to land on or any other body, like why would you need to project out with a visible spectrum light where you are and to be able to see where you're landing? I, I, if, you're it's, if it's a craft. <laughs> hmm. Well, we know that um, I guess our best place to start with that, Matt, would be the idea of external lights on human-made spacecraft, right? I mean, it's not, it's clearly not a fair comparison because any, um, any extraterrestrial manufactured or ultra dimensional, want to get fun with it, uh, manufactured craft would probably have something to your point that's far superior to the, um, detection capabilities of conventional lights. In the case of, of human beings, the lights are needed to, I first identify the vehicle, right? Uh, but also to identify uh, possible crevices on the craft. People still need lights if they're doing EVA repairs or something like that. You would need lights if you want to get a slick photo op, etc. Because people just unfortunately aren't super impressed with graphs of uh, light that is invisible to the human eye. Um, it is also a great question because, you know, I thought of this... Years ago, and I can't remember if we ever talked about it, but let's say you have one of the crafts that science fiction writers have dreamed about for centuries, um, a craft that can go faster than the speed of light. It's not, it's not doing a, a little like a wrinkle in time kind of teleportation. It's not doing an event horizon, dropping a black hole kind of deal. It's just going faster than light then wouldn't the equivalent, the space-bound equivalent of headlights be useless because you're going faster than the light they produce? Well, <laughs> yeah, they mention, only turn on after no... you, like, stop. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. yeah. No, not to mention, if, if there's anything that um, well, that movie, uh, what is it, Arrival did, um, it, it just goes to show that we have no frame of reference for, like, what, any alien species, how they communicate, how they perceive the world. You know, we base everything around perception of the visible light spectrum and like perceiving objects with our eyes. Who, who knows if that's even the, the way their physiology works, you know? It could all be with um, some form of telepathy or with any number of other ways. Like visible light, you know, isn't necessarily something that's like that universal. I mean, it is obviously on our planet, but who the hell knows what's what's going on anywhere else? So mm. uh, it's a good point. I, I think it's interesting to think about. Right? I think so too. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Like the, the idea that like I think we we are basing everything around our equipment, you know, as human beings, whereas there could be others uh, that maybe there's a whole another kind of perception that we are not even aware of in the same way that we uh, might not have any um, grasp of the kinds of technologies that we're talking about. You know, this is always what comes up. Oh, hold on, hold on. Are you telling me and all the people listening to this show that humans might have a tendency to be disgustingly self-centered? Well, <laughs> if you want, if you want to describe that with, a, if you want to put a tie on that concept, so you can take it with you to fancy dinner parties, <laughs> just start uh, using the phrase anthrocentric. Mm -hmm. Anthrocentric but, but, as hell and, over here. I know, I know. But you're uh, Matt. I feel like you were you were about to say something. Yes, I am going to say something uh, because a little spark happened while I was thinking about this, and I've got an answer for you. 
about why there are lights on UAPs that we oh, see. Snap. Here we because go. Here we go. We we talked about this whole thing. The other the other thing that we can kind of tie in after this and compare these two is that if it's a super secret, let's say, stealth aircraft of some kind that's being tested, why on earth would they not disable the lights? Why would Lockheed and Skunk Works not disable the lights when it's functioning, right? At least over a certain part of the U.S. or wherever it's functioning, just to maintain that cover of darkness, lack of light. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing is, though, what if... It's bioluminescence. Oh, nice. Now, here's why I think it's interesting. We just talked about drilling. We just talked yeah, about yeah. drilling in the abyssal yeah, yeah. plain yeah, yeah. deep beneath the oceans. Now, we talked about how there are so many similarities between that realm and the realm in space, right? There's a little problem Ooh. of a lack of, you know, oxygen or any other substance that a biological creature could breathe, at least to our knowledge, to our understanding. But... Mm-hmm. In the abyssal plane, bioluminescence, it, it, there's so many reasons to have it, and not only for communication and being able to see. I mean, it's just everything you need as a creature in the bottom of the sea, you can achieve a ton of it through bioluminescence, including getting your Good food. call. Yeah. And recently, just like um, very recently, I think the news just hit today, in fact, uh, southeastern pocket gophers here in Georgia turn out to be bioluminescent. There's a lot more. I don't. And no one knows why yet. No one knows why. Well, I, lo- I love the idea of a pocket gopher, gopher, though. Is that like a Tamagotchi? Uh, like, I know. Uh, I hit you guys with a lot in one sentence. Sorry. <laughs> yes, there are things called pocket gophers, and they glow, and no one knows why. Uh, they're in South Georgia and a couple of other states. Um, no connection with extraterrestrials, but this. I, I love the point about bioluminescence, Matt. That's the, My next speculation was going to be something like maybe the light is a um, a side effect of whatever power source is moving the thing. And those two answers may not be, you know, mutually exclusive, right? It could be mm. both bioluminescence and a power source um, or pocket gophers. I don't know. I'm just, I'm like you guys, I, I'm like, I'm taking this in now. If it was pocket badgers, it would be so much better. Gosh, it would be so much, so much more on brand. Yeah. <laughs> also, flying squirrels, wombats, and platypuses are apparently bioluminescent. Oh, my gosh. Well, see, that's incredible. And and, and I'm done. Possums. Obviously, we're look, we're this is a thought experiment. We're speculating here. Um, sure. It, it's a fun thing to do, but it's also a way to expand the way we look at these things. Right. So perhaps there's something out there glowing up because it just Ooh, does yeah. it naturally. And it's a living being or. I love what you said there, Ben. Perhaps it's just an, perhaps it's just an effect of whatever the power source is, whatever energy source exists there, or maybe there are no extraterrestrial craft up there. But it feels less and less likely every day when more and more weird stuff is happening. I don't know. Ooh. I'm just excited about that. And Matt, appreciate you uh, sending us a voicemail. I do apologize. You, there's a small portion that I can make out until it, whatever occurs in there. There's some errors. So uh, thank you very much. Oh, yes. Thank you. And also, uh, first off, any Matt is typically a friend of the show. We're, we're very pro Matt here. Uh, also, I, I just want to keep on this for one moment. I know it's such a tangent. Yeah, I know. Please, guys. let's do it. Correct myself. We're, I was talking about biofluorescence. So they're biofluorescent animals. And one unnamed scientist in a recent article that released today 
uh, referred to the pocket gopher as, get this, a, quote, homely, belligerent sausage. So let's hope that <laughs> the aliens aren't, aren't on that vibe. That's the way they view us. These homey, belligerent sausages are, keep getting into these mm-hmm. metal things and driving along painted lines. It's very strange. The guy who discovered this, J.T. Pin. P-Y-N-N-E, apologies if I mispronounce your name, sir, uh, said that they've always described pocket gophers as, quote, really angry russet potatoes. So again, <laughs> let's hope the aliens are cooler. It's such a good question, though. Like, what? Why would you have lights? It's, it's you know, to your point uh, about anthrocentrism, it, what we perceive as lights, uh, if we're talking about a truly alien civilization, would almost certainly not be for the same reason right like they might not even have eyes you need eyes for cans might be weird to them you know where we're going we won't need eyes or hands or or, or roads or hands or or hats we're taking the the gophers with us exactly oh boy well anyway hey that was a quick one but just wanted to have that conversation with you guys. If you have thoughts specifically on why UAP phenomena is almost always light-based, not always, but very often a light-based experience, write to us, uh, email conspiracy at iheartradio.com or one eight three three std wytk We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with more listener mail. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. 
Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. Attention, true crime enthusiasts. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. And we're back. And today's final listener mail comes to us from the guy on the couch. He says, hi, guys. Greetings from Sweden. First of all, big fan of your show. You always bring interesting topics to the table and it gets my old gray blob working. I guess he's referring to his brain. Never heard of it for just the old gray blob, but that is charming and I love it. And I'm going to use it from now on. Uh, the other day, uh, over a dinner with some friends, the discussion regarding conspiracies involving stuff like dental and car care came up. For example, the possible scenarios of a dentist intentionally maybe drilling just a bit too much to make you come back again. Anyways, long story short, we started to talk about bad sight, the possibilities to train your sight back to health once it got bad and if glasses really are good for you, or is it all part of a bigger thing? Uh, here in Sweden, for example, the opticians have have a subscription program where you rent your glasses for a monthly fee. You need to rent three pairs at least. And also stuff like appointments and checkups are included. Uh, this is shown to be very lucrative for the companies and uh, much less so for the consumers. I'm sure this is not exclusive to Sweden, though. Anyway, awesome show. Keep up the good work. Sincerely yours, the guy on the couch. Yes, the guy on the couch. People are <laughs> killing it with these nicknames. Uh, such good ones, such good ones. Mm. And then um, T-G-O-T-C, uh, T-G-O-T-C uh, comes back and sends us a couple of links. And surprise, surprise, our old pals uh, Luxotica uh, come up mm. in, in several of these articles. We've been talking about doing a full episode on this, so I thought maybe we could do a little bit of a primer on um, how uh, Elisor... Uh, Luxottica, because they, they used to be two companies, and then Elisor mm -hmm. bought Luxottica for about $24 billion, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, Elisor was a French company that's been around since the 1800s um, mm -hmm. and just buying up companies as, the, as they've gone. So it's one of those legacy companies that has the benefit of you know time and, uh, and um, generational wealth. They take the long view. Lens Crafters, Sunglass Hut, Target, Pearl Vision. What else? What else? Ray-Ban. What, uh, what, oh, what are I mean, the fancy I mean, words? Oakley, 
not only exactly, Ben, you nailed it. Not only those uh, have they bought up over time, but also even like optical um, insurance companies. Um, so mm-hmm. they really do have what one might consider a pretty significant monopoly. Let's go, let's go through a few more of these. Yeah, we've got um, Prada. They, they make them for it, rather. They don't own all of these, but they make glasses and frames for Prada, Chanel, Dolce & Gabbana, Versace, Burberry, Ralph Lauren, Tiffany, uh, Bulgari, Vogue, uh, Persol, uh, Coach, DKNY, um, and some of these companies they own, some of them they just manufacture for. Lens Crafters they own, Oakley they own, I believe, Ray-Ban they definitely own, um, Sunglasses they own, um, Target Optical, Pearl Vision, Sears Optical, etc. Uh, they also, let's see... They uh, control apparently around 80% of the major brands um, in the whole world. Um, it's uh, t- the, the industry at large, and this is an article from Forbes from a little ways back. From, this is from 2014, um, so this definitely changed. We need to do some updates, which we will do in the full episode. Um, but in 2014, they controlled something in the neighborhood of 80% of the major brands. And at that time, the eyeglass industry was worth around $28 billion. Um, there is another really cool article that's more recent that came from Vox, where a couple of uh, former lens crafter executives walk through why it is that a pair of glasses um, can get marked up by nearly 1000%, meaning that, you know, what you pay for the privilege of having these glasses uh, is insanely more than what it costs to make them, which is, you know, how business works. But, you know, when your choices are so limited, then it starts to feel a little, little weirder. And there certainly are disruptors to this model, like Warby Parker. And um, I believe Zenny Optical is a really popular one. So you don't have to pay these prices. Um, I don't think anyone's saying that the, the kind of monopoly that this appears to be is, is completely disruptive. But if you want to have those, uh, those Dolce & Gabbana frames or those Ray-Bans, you know, you're going you're gonna to pay uh, significantly more than you would for a pair of glasses from Warby Parker that you can get for like, you know, in the neighborhood of like 30 or 50 bucks. A lot of this has to do with the fact that um, Luxottica is able to kind of set the pricing um, and the price floor uh, for eyeglasses because they own so many and, you know, control so much of the means of production for even companies that they don't own. And there was a really cool little graphic that kind of spelled this out on um, this Forbes article. And it refers to the way that the government does limit price to kind of match what's called marginal cost, but they uh, are able to set the price floor like just, you know, just close enough to meet that government regulation. And and guys, in this Forbes article um, Mm -hmm. from 2014, it's a great article, but I think we all agree there's this graph that's sort of trying to describe how uh, they're able to set these prices, these price margins and how governments, you know, uh, regulation figures into that. But it looks more like a cross section of a mountain in a geological survey or something than it does like (laughs) a readable graph. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) I'm seeing yeah, an elephant reminds, in there somewhere. Yeah. There is a bit yeah. of an elephant, yeah. It, it's at Rorschach level. It reminds me a little bit. We know a lot of solid work went into this, but just visually it reminds me a little bit of those PSAs where they would dose spiders with different types of drugs and then see Correct. what kind of webs they made. You know, this looks – this got a the spider on a couple different drugs vibe, a little bit of a family circus 
maps going around. You remember the comic strips where they would just have one panel as one of the kids from Family Circus just walking around the neighborhood. It's got it's got that. But what the argument here, what I believe they're saying here is that it's really comment on the relationship between a monopoly and government regulation of a monopoly. So there are government regulated monopolies, just like uh, Quebec's maple syrup gang. I don't know why that sounds like a cartoon too. The maple syrup gang. They get into like, the apple dumpling gang, but I believe that was. Yeah, that's almost, why. That's uh, why. Uh, borderline. The maple syrup thing you're talking about is borderline like a cartel, right? Yeah, it's been called. It's been called a cartel. No, I completely agree. And this is a complex issue. And there's a lot of interesting history that I think we're absolutely going to keep this a shorter one. Leonardo del Vecchio, um, at least at the time of this article back in 2014, uh, was the, you know, living heir to this um, Luxottica fortune and this whole company. And he's the guy that founded Lens Crafters. Um, and there's a really great article that I need to, to finish reading all of in uh, The Guardian called The Spectacular Power of Big Lens, How One Giant Company Will Dominate the, the Way the Whole World Sees. Um, and that is from just a couple of years ago. So I think that'll be a great resource for the full episode. But uh, there's a pretty incredible couple of sentences that I just wanted to point out uh, and before we, we, we close for the day. On a shelf near the door of the museum, I spotted A Man Who Sees Far, an official Luxottica biography of Del Vecchio, which was published in 1991. I expected the optical world to be genteel and polite and was taken aback whenever conversations turned to the personal charisma and menace of Del Vecchio. Del Vecchio, rather. Um, He's the godfather, said Dean Butler, who founded Lens Crafters in 1983. Del Vecchio bought it in 1995. Excuse me, I, I misspoke earlier. He bought Lens Crafters in 1995, just like they bought all these other properties that we've been talking about. Here's the kicker. The godfather to me is the guy. He runs it. Honestly, he kind of rules by fear. Very few opticians would even mention Del Vecchio's name, lending him a Voldemort-like aura for fear of offending him, however unlikely that might be. One talked about getting a horse's head in the bed and concluded our interview by saying, you can quote me as long as it sounds like I am sucking Del Vecchio's d-. <laughs> Wow. So and he was like, leave that last part in too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure like, yeah. Okay. All, all this to say, I want to know more about this Del Vecchio character and the history of the family that led to this essential, you know, um, sunglasses, eyeglasses cartel where they own. You're right, Ben. It's this particular type of resin that they use to make these glasses um, that is, is, is like they own the, the, the patent on it. It's a particular type of resin. Um, so let's do it. I mean, this is like there's yeah. fascinating stuff in here. And I want to read this biography, too, because, again, it's the official biography by the way uh which probably is going to paint him in a very positive light did you see the official response at the end of that forbes article saying that i did look we we love what you're saying here we get it yeah we have some awesome stuff we make a lot of great things but we only manufactured around 10 percent of all the eyeglasses sold last year so you know uh we're not quite a monopoly and it's true but if you go to a glasses store to get your eyes checked they're all up in there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So let's leave it there for today. Um, thank you, the T-G-O-C, the guy on the, T-G-O-T-C, uh, or the guy on the couch, for um, shooting us these links. 
and um, we are going to explore this in depth in an upcoming episode. In the meantime, if you want to take a cue from the guy on the couch, and uh, who else do we have today, guys? Uh, we also had the Duchess of Shoulder Fade. Yes, of course. How could I forget Agamemnon. the Duchess of Shoulder Fade? Much more and famous Meth- than the uh, mythological version. And, and uh, another Matt, Matt, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yes. You want to take a cue from all of them, your fellow conspiracy realists, you can find us on the internet. We are in all of the usual places of note, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. You can find us at the handle Conspiracy Stuff. And on Instagram, or Conspiracy Stuff Show. And if that doesn't quite uh, bag your badgers, you're not a fan of sipping the social meads, never fear. You can contact us directly. Uh, you can give us a telephone call. We are one eight three three stdwytk Three minutes. Those minutes are yours. Give yourself a cool nickname or moniker. Let us know what's on your mind. Let us know if we can use your voice and or message on the air. Perhaps most importantly, if your story needs more than three minutes, if you have uh, links, if you have photographic evidence that you would like to share with us, uh, we would like to hear it in full. Never feel like you have to edit yourself. Instead, pull up your email thigamajig of choice and send us a good old-fashioned electronic letter where we are. Conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals. Your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. 
Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. 